Shots fired with Joel Cannon. This is like going to be one of my favorite subjects. I love that whenever you start with a boom. So, Joel Cannon, how are you this morning? Just fine. Yeah, that's an awesome cannon shot. I love it. So there you go. So it's good to have you. You are a, just so that our listeners know, she's a regular on the Elijah Har show um, here on KWTO every um, weeknight um, from 4 to 6 p.m. You can listen to her there. I think she's in on Wednesdays with Elijah. But um, she is our expert. I, I, I'm i just telling you, every time I talk to Joelle, I think that I end up a little bit smarter. So we're going to dive into what's going on with this budget stuff here in D.C. with our house. Uh, what, what's Where are we at with this? Why, why are we having these issues? And give us first of all, tell us what's happening and what's going on. What's your thoughts on it? Okay, yeah. The latest is um, they passed another temporary extension of the current spending levels. So earlier in the week, the House passed um, the continuing resolution, which is a, it's called a CR. It extends the current spending levels through early next year um, because they can't agree on the big spending thing. Like, how are they going to spend all the money? They can't agree yet. They haven't passed the appropriations bill, so they did another temporary one. This was sort of the first big thing for the new speaker, um, and he had to basically use all Democrat votes to pass the bill. Yeah. Um, I think only a couple Democrats voted against it. The conservatives or voted for it. The conservatives voted against it. So then yesterday, the Senate took it up. Same story. The Senate passed the temporary bill, um, 80, 87 to 11. So 11 people voted against it, including Eric Schmidt from Missouri. It was 10 conservative senators and then one Republic or one Democrat from Colorado, which I can explain that if anyone cares, but, um, the, the bottom line is we have temporary funding levels through early next year, but Congress needs to take up the um, the individual spending bills and figure out you know what they're how they're going to spend the money for the next full year. So, Joel, I want to go to the to the big the macro, and then I want to break it down to the to the micro. So, the big picture is this: I mean, we definitely have to change the way we've been doing our budgeting process throughout the years, really throughout our lifetime. I mean, we've been doing these big omnibus bills. Tell us why that's bad and why um, getting to these um, these um, separate appropriation bills is where we need to go. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's like 50 huge agencies, 100 and, I don't know, 157 smaller ones that the government funds. If you take one big spending bill that's 1,500 pages, you know, you don't have time as a legislator to drill down and figure out what is the different, like, what is Department of HUD getting, what's Commerce getting, what's Department of Education. So in the past, there's there's 12 subcommittees on the Appropriations Committee, which is a larger one, and they each subcommittee looks at, like, three or four chunks of agencies, and they're supposed to pass those individually, and that gives you a chance to really drill down on what everybody's spending their money on, um, but because that requires passing 12 different things, and they can't even agree on one, um, typically what's happened for the last 15 years is they combine them into one big bill, and then it's impossible to read it. You don't get it till the night before, so most, if you're, if you care about your job, you're up till midnight the night before reading it. Um, and then you got to vote on something that obviously you haven't even read all the way through. And they throw in a lot of pork. That's where you hear about this stuff there and their little backdoor deals. I'll vote on it. If you give me this for my district and yada, yada, yada. And so we know that, you know, there's, there's a group of really um, conservative constitutionalists that are saying, this is ridiculous. They've gone to Washington, um, with the goal of doing away with these big omnibus bills. They want to 
get a balanced budget, which is a good thing. We all want to get there. And you even saw um, Gates, Representative Gates, he said, I'm holding um, McCarthy's, um, I'm holding a gun to his head to get him to pass these bills. And they ousted him because of that. Now you got Johnson coming in, and he's he's in the short term kind of doing what, what McCarthy would have done, which is pass these CRs that no one likes. Um, it, is it going to backfire on him? Is it going to work? Are they going to give him some grace? What's your thoughts on this, Joel? Uh, yeah, you know, you get a couple passes, I think, on the front end, but, you know, he's finding out what it means to be in leadership, which is you have to do whatever sort of, you have to pass what's going to pass, right? And and you either say, you either take the heat for not doing that, or you take the heat for doing that. So Chip Roy, the House Freedom Caucus chairman, said, well, we're going to give him some grace this time, but this isn't how we want to operate. Um, but it's pretty t- it's a pretty tough needle to thread as far as coming up with something that that they can pass that conservatives like that can also pass in the Senate. So that's the other part. I mean, you have the House, which is responsible for the budget; they control the purse. The, the, this bill, the way it's going, the two tiers. I think they have until sometime in January to um, to get these the four um, bills um, that are worked on, get those done, and then the eight of them they're going to get ratified and by the middle of. Um, February, if I'm not mistaken, and then it's got to go to the Senate, and they got to approve it as well. Is that what we're where we're at with this? Yeah, it, that's exactly right. So there's a chunk of the smaller bills that that are due uh, due like mid January, and then about eight more of them that would be due by February. But when the House passes them, then they go to the Senate. The Senate has to pass them, and again, I mean, the life they can't even pass one bill right now. So the likelihood that they'll be able to pass twelve individual bills and get those to the president's desk is is not likely. So I expect sometime in the spring we'll see another omnibus. So what about another CR? Because these expire there. Do you think we're going to have more CRs coming through? Yeah, you know, it's weird. This one kind of gets them through the holidays so they can, like, ignore the problem for a while. And then when they get back after New Year's, they'll have about three weeks. I think uh, I think another continuing resolution is very likely. Yeah. Now, one good thing about this is, like, I, I'll I'll admit, up, up until I started to run for Congress, I didn't know much about how it's done. I just knew they spent a lot of money. I heard about pork and, you know, the bridge to nowhere. One good thing about this whole process dragging out before our eyes in the news is that it's it's educating us on this. And we're seeing that there's a lot of government waste. There's a lot of, um, you know, things that are happening that we don't even know about. Um, and this may, it's I think it's forcing our government to be, um, transparent. What what are they spending our money on? I mean, do you do you see that, or is that? Am I right on with that, or no? Yeah, I think that that is one. That's one tax the conservatives have always taken. You know, we always felt like the more times you vote on a CR, the more times there's a debt limit. Like shorter is better because every time it comes up, it dominates the news, and we can at least talk about and highlight the government spending problem. Um, if they just pass one bill. And it funds us till next year, you know. Then trust me, you're not going to hear another word out of Washington about government spending because they don't want to talk about it. I mean, we're spending almost six trillion dollars a year, um, you know, and obviously we're borrowing two trillion of that. So they don't want to talk about it. So anytime you can do these shorter, short-term things where you can constantly be drumming, um, you know, the beat on the issue, I think that that's the way to go. There's a new report that came out. There's a website called usaspending.gov, and you're supposed to be able to go in and search 
all all discretionary government spending, which is the money we're talking about here, um, you're supposed to be able to search it and find government spending by agency. But a new report came out saying that like almost 50 agencies are not putting their data in the system and billions and billions and billions of dollars are missing from the data. So it's concerning. And I have a friend on the Hill. She's getting a private briefing today from the department that put the report out. And uh, she said that she's going to write up a memo with all the list of secret agencies that aren't reporting. But one of them, she did tell me disappointing the Smithsonian, the Capitol police and the library of Congress. I mean, Congress isn't following its own rules here, which is not surprising, but disappointing nonetheless. Not surprising at all. And then they just keep saying, well, trust us. We will take care of this. Just trust us. Nothing to see here. Nothing to go. And then you look at the FBI, want three and a half billion dollars for a new building. And I understand that we're putting aside like hundreds of million dollars of every year um, for that. Is that, is that correct? What's going on with that? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. I haven't read up on that, but what anytime any agency is like, Oh, we need this huge influx of money. You definitely have to proceed with caution. I mean, you know, this huge influx of money that we gave the IRS or the, the government gave the IRS, they're sitting on like $30 million unspent. Like they're, they're not able to spend all the money at once anyway. And if they are spending it, they're, they're certainly wasting it. So I'm not surprised to hear that in a time post COVID when most of us can work remote and there's even a government report that says that 25% of federal buildings are sitting empty right now. Okay. So I I find it hard to believe that the FBI needs a new building. All right. There you go. So there it is. Um, Joel Cannon shots, right? I want to get you out on this. I know on the Elijah Har show used to answering the question of the day. We don't have a question of the day, but we have a conversation we've been talking about. Have you ever been to Bucky's and or Wally's? And do you prefer one of those over the other? I have been to a Wally's. It delays my, I am a trucker when it comes to road trips. I am like, you drive four and a half hours until you're out of gas. You pull over, you get gas, you get back in. There's no drinking or stopping for like to go to the bathroom. So Wally's, while it's a pretty fun experience, it, it slows me down. I have not been to a Bucky's, but I will check it out one of these days. Get her done is what you do on the road trips. Yeah. Well, your yeah. daughter's like, she deserves the opportunity to get out, stretch her legs, and to walk around and just ask for everything in the store, Joelle. Yeah. Well, she, I, I will say that that has changed my style. So. <laughs> but the thought of letting her loose in Bucky's is somewhat terrifying. <laughs> well, we're going to go on at least the opening week. You got, you can join us. Don's going to be there. I'll be there. You got to go check it out. Bucky's is opening in December 11th. I think it's a date. So, hey, thanks I for joining Thanks for having, joining us here this morning. Shots fired with Joel Cannon. There you have it. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, listen to this, Cass. I just got a, um, a little um, message from one of our listeners, and he says, hey, most definitely Bucky's is a bear. The picture that we saw was a fox, but that's just part of the little mascot thing. But um, Wally's, I'm sorry, Wally's is a bear. And um, there's, um, there's one on the way to um, Chicago. He stops all the time, and he says, Cass is definitely underselling the experience. So, Yeah, uh, Elijah Har texted me uh, while Joel was doing the interview <laughs> saying that uh, Wally's is in St. Louis, and it's amazing in all caps. Been there numerous times. Come on, Cass. You got to go. Try it one more time. 
I will say my favorite part of the experience was how nice the bathrooms were. Yeah. I will give you that. That was the nicest, the most luxurious looking gas station bathrooms I've ever been to. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. So, um, hey, we're going to talk about um, The Rock. He was on Joe Rogan. Um, We'll get to that um, right after um, we got local news.